Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Welcome to the Swap Cars Podcast. I'm your host, Paul Mitzi, and with me we have... Lucy Thomas. And... Brendan Levi. Every episode we watch an entry in the body swap movie genre and break it down for you. But not this episode, because today is another one of our special Tenuous Swap bonus episodes. So on our main show, each of us will always recommend a film that is tenuously linked with the film we review on that episode. More often than not, the films we recommend have not been watched by our co-hosts. So for these bonus episodes, each of us have chosen a film that we have recommended on the show previously and have now forced one of our co-hosts to watch it. So today we will be looking at three diverse films, Bodied, Akira and Badlands. We always love hearing from our listeners, so send us an email at theswapcastpodcast at gmail.com or hit us up on our socials at the underscore swapcast on Twitter the Swapcast Podcast on Instagram, or search the Swapcast Podcast on Facebook. If you want to support our show, please rate and review us on iTunes. It's the best way for us to get new listeners. A hundred iTunes reviews, and we will fulfill our most common fan request to review Face Off. So, first up the rank is Lucy. She was given the film Bodied that Brendan recommended in episode 20 where we reviewed the film Shazam. The IMDb plot synopsis for the film states, a progressive graduate student finds success and sparks outrage when his interest in battle rap as a thesis subject becomes a competitive obsession. So, Brendan, why did you recommend this film to Lucy? I I did it on a whim because I was like, I've given some good ones and mm-hmm. now I'm going to sort of, for me, I feel like this is one that you could go either way on. And so it was a bit yep. more of a risk, yep. yeah. but now I'm also like terrified that I'm like, that you, I would, it'd be cool if you enjoyed it, but if you yeah. did it, that you would like tear me apart on it because <laughs> I think you make good points when you're <laughs> angry. And so I'd be like, yeah, That's I That's a really nice so. thing to say. <laughs> Lucy, do you think this is a film that you would have found yourself without the recommendation? Definitely not. Okay. I've never watched a film on YouTube before, except for this really obscure Winona Ryder uh, movie that got uploaded onto YouTube, but it wasn't like a YouTube movie. Uh, Okay. So it was pirated. (laughs) Yeah. But like, I had never been able to find it any other way. Yeah. Yeah. I've done a few of those. Yeah. Like uh, David Lynch had this six episode series of a random TV show. There you go. And that was the place I found it. (laughs) Yeah. So this film, for a bit of background, it's a YouTube original. Um and the only reason it became a YouTube original, it um, premiered at all these big film festivals, South by Southwest, Toronto, won the Audience Awards at all the film festivals, uh, got like amazing reviews, but every streaming service didn't want to didn't pick it up, want to pick it up yeah, because it was ask, so controversial. How does a film become 
Like a YouTube film. Okay. Yeah. So, so YouTube was the only service that was willing to pick it up because mm-hmm. they had such a good relationship with Joseph, Joseph Kahn because he directed like all the gigantic Taylor Swift videos that got billion views yeah, right. each. So he, um, they took a risk on it. Mm. Um, but I guess because it's a YouTube original, it meant a lot of people didn't find it because yeah. like, it's not really your first. I'm not super savvy with stuff like yeah. that either. Like I know that you guys like sub- subscribe to all the bells and whistles yeah. of YouTube. <laughs> yeah. Like I don't know about stuff like that. So yeah. yeah. So now that you've seen it, what did you think of the film? Um, She's not looking at me. <laughs> I mean. No, no, no. I feel very ill-equipped to unpack this film. <laughs> I agree. Like, yeah. same. I, feel, I feel like you've done it, like feel, I feel like you done it to it. me on purpose. Like <laughs> you're putting a microphone in my face and asking me like a really controversial question and now I have to talk about it and I like don't really know where to start. Um, so where to start? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I really, I really don't know. Paul pointed at it. What to Paul say? Paul pointed at it. As in, as in, do that one. Yeah, I was like, this one or that one? He's like, do that one. I just feel like it's not my place, really, to be offended or to agree or disagree. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. But as a film, like, did you enjoy actually sitting down and watch it? Did you find it an entertaining film? Did you you find it interesting? In a lot of ways, yes, I did. Yeah. And there were some great quips in it as well. Like, I wrote down some of my favourite lines because there were some times where... Some of the rappers or some of the characters were serving up mm-hmm. like a lot of like realness. I don't know. Again, <laughs> yeah. like I feel super like this is not my subject to talk about. Um, but like the minute it started, I was reminded how much I hated Eight Mile. <laughs> and I was like, this probably doesn't bode very well, but I, I liked it more than Eight Mile. That's, that's yeah. good. <laughs> and I liked the way there was a character that said, there's a white boy presence, so he's contractually object- obligated to mention Eminem. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was like very on point. And yeah, I don't really know what else to say. <laughs> well, it's funny like that you say you hate Eight Mile. I was at, at karaoke on the weekend and Lose Yourself um, was one of the tracks that this group of people chose. And it went down. It's so painful to listen yeah. to a group of people trying to rap along. Mom's spaghetti. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, me and my friend John have this thing with Mum's spaghetti. John is saved in my phone. It, the emojis next to his name is like a lady and then the bowl of spaghetti. We just have this like long running joke about Mum's spaghetti and have wrapped the whole song where every line ends in Mum's spaghetti. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It's an iconic line. (laughs) So we just made the whole song that. Anyway, that's not about this film. I'm really trying to like dodge the... Did you feel conflicted about the main character? Like where we... Yeah, yeah. Was he a villain to you? Was he... Sometimes. I mean, I guess it's that thing like someone calls him MC microaggression in the film. And I feel like that was a perfect, like, um, a perfect title for him. Because sometimes you are rooting for him and then it's sometimes like you just did the wrongest thing ever and said the wrongest thing and like betrayed your friend and like slammed your girlfriend, all stuff like that. So it was really hard to know who to root for. So like for me, this is one of the the reasons I I really enjoyed Mm. the film because so it's very much about like freedom of speech, what you can and what you can't say. Yeah. And like very much a like a look at the left and the right and where does things lie. And I think so much of the time when issues like that are explored, 
there's there's no empathy for the other side. I guess my takeaway was mm. for the film that uh, it was quite an empathetic look at, uh, I guess, a case for the right mm-hmm. and going, well, actually, like, I guess we do spoilers. Do we do spoilers? Yes. Yeah. So at the end of, at the end of the movie, he's... Uh, completely ruined his life. He's completely ruined his life. So yeah, he's everyone lost hates his girlfriend. Him. He, he's lost all his friends. He's been booted out of college. And his his mentor, the person and, and he And for some background, it's because he's got involved in battle raps and, like, some videos have gotten out where he's saying super offensive things, which in the battle rap world, like, work really well. And everyone's like, whoa, whoa, you just said that. But, like, in yeah, the real yeah. world, I guess, people are really offended. And so, yeah, mm-hmm. like... Uh, he had the entire time, like he's, you know, the the whole po- like the start of it is that he's doing a thesis on if he can say the n word or not, mm. and he's like saying, no, no, it's not about that. I want to say it. And it's like, well, it's it sort of seems that mm. way. And by the end of it, it's like he's actually had the freedom to say whatever he wants the whole time, and he does. And then he ruins just, his life. Yeah, it's just yeah. the consequences of it are real mm. as well. You got to be, yeah, you you are free to say whatever you want, but that you got to be. Like the reality is, there's consequences <laughs> yeah. to saying it. Yeah, and I so- guess it's quite topical and timely. You know, you got Trudeau and brown face and yeah you yeah. know and then like uh his girlfriend uh is portrayed as sort of the villain initially yeah but then she like cut like comes back with like some actual really good points and mm. it's like but then it's also sort of like is it for her to say sort of like she's not yeah, it's she, not yeah, for yeah. her it's not her fight kind of thing yeah um and, you know, like, who is she to sort of police the culture when it's... it's yeah, 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 totally. That's why I'm like, I feel weird. Like, because <laughs> obviously there were a lot of offensive things said in the film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. totally. But I don't know. I'm not going to, like, wave the flag of... And everyone who's involved in it is a part of the culture. Mm. Like, um, Joseph Kahn himself is is a, a like, Asian-American person. Yeah. And so yeah. I don't feel like there's any particular, like... But I guess the guy who wrote it was like a, a white battle rapper himself, yeah, right. um, who became involved in the in the scene. I enjoy when a movie exhausts me to actually have to think about something <laughs> yeah. sometimes. Yeah, but. yeah. When the the main guy, what is that actor's name? Callum Worthy. So when Callum Worthy starts rapping, I'm like, this guy's gonna be so bad at this. Like, even if the film tries to like say that he's good mm-hmm. he just is always going to be that punk like weaselly kid from american vandal yeah did you buy it um i think i did for the movie i like yeah i was like he 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 makes some really savage burns mm. on people mm. um so, but sometimes it goes into like that area of like sounding like a beatnik poet kind yeah. of like yes. poetry yeah yeah uh, and there was a bit where like one of the other like i think they were kind of battling in groups or whatever and the guys called him the names of the beastie boys i like don't agree with that that's like <laughs> offensive to the beastie boys like he was like a little bit of a like silly white boy yeah yeah <laughs> Yeah, but I feel like the movie kind of used that. Like everyone saw him for what he was, and that's why his raps were so effective because I guess. the package that they were coming out yeah. of really, you know, it wasn't it was like a big juxtaposition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, it was interesting. Like I'm glad to have seen it, but it, like yeah. I still don't know where I landed on it. Like it really <laughs> was a big mix up. I think. Yeah, I was. I was actually really thinking a, a lot about it after seeing the Joker. 
Yeah. Because we had like me and Paul just. Oh, have you already and, seen it? Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. So there's a good line about some something like that in there. Continue on what you're saying. <laughs> oh well, I was just going to say like we had like an exhaustive conversation about like how do you view something? Do you view it absent of the of the creator? Or? Like, are you supposed to be getting life lessons from every piece of like media that you yeah? And consume? what and what's the responsibility of a piece yes. of film on its effect on who watches it? Yeah, because yeah, yeah. The, the teacher in the film says to him, who's actually his, his dad his as dad, well, yeah. says, "Why don't you write your thesis on the rise of comic book movies and how it ties in with the male psyche?" Which I thought was like so on point for the Joker. Because <laughs> uh, yeah, I've yeah, heard, yeah totally. I haven't seen it, but I've heard that there's some. Problems problems yeah well yeah but but i feel like um yeah what we were saying is like do, do you have a responsibility to be very defined with your your point and i don't think so i don't think the joker does if or if it does it's being it's doing it intentionally to be evil yeah <laughs> right uh, and with uh with body i think it's intentionally left it open a little more ambiguous because they want it to be a conversation mm-hmm. and i think it does it for me personally satisfyingly mm-hmm. um whereas the joker didn't yeah and also like i think the joker makes you feel just a bit icky walking out of it whereas <laughs> like buddied okay it brings up controversial subjects but it's not nihilistic or unpleasant at yeah. any point it's just like it hits you in the face with some you're shocked. You're like, shocked I shouldn't value, be but never yeah. in that like I just saw you know someone's brains getting splattered on the wall kind of thing. <laughs> so, do you think that they knew what they were doing? Like, do you think they knew that it would stir the pot as much as it did? Or Joker or Joker? Uh, yes. And like they they want to use that as like their platform. Like it's so controversial, so everyone's going to go and see it. Or? Well, seeing the the interviews that Todd, Todd Phillips has been given, mm. I I really do think. <laughs> That they were going for that. Uh oh. <laughs> well, it just made ninety-two million dollars on its opening weekend, so they're just mm. laughing all the way to the bank. So yeah, this was a real challenge for me. I almost prefer it when Paul makes me watch something really shit and trashy and written by a sixteen-year-old girl. Um, <laughs> Wait till like... next week. Oh god. Okay. Well, I, I, felt, I, I felt like I built up enough goodwill that I could throw you something like this. Yeah. Oh, totally. And I mean, Maybe that's what I'll this is all about, isn't it? Yeah. Wait till you see what I got for you, Brendan. Uh, yeah. <laughs> All right, so did you like this film better than the film it was linked from, which was Shazam? No. <laughs> I really liked Shazam, so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but would you recommend this film to people? Maybe like certain people, but not like as a wide, vast, like everyone should see this. Yeah. I yeah. think you're, this film, you're either it's on its aqu- wavelength. It's test. Yeah, yeah exactly. Mm. Yeah, I would say... If it wasn't for the podcast, I wouldn't have said, oh, this is for Lucy. Yeah, totally. (laughs) (laughs) Sure. Okay. Next up is me. I was given the film Badlands by Lucy, who recommended the film in episode 17, which was our 17 again (laughs) episode. You were so annoyed at me for this link. <laughs> yeah. uh, the IMDb plot synopsis for the film states, an impressionable teenage girl from a dead-end town and her older greaser boyfriend embark on a killing spree in the South Dakota Badlands. So, Lucy, why did you recommend this film to me? Um, I think it's a classic and mm-hmm. I think it's um, potentially my favourite from that director and mm-hmm. you hadn't seen it, which is like, never happens. Yeah. So, I uh, wanted you to see it. Doing the research for this film, mm. I actually discovered something that is really bad for someone that like calls themselves a film buff. Mm-hmm. I don't think I've actually ever watched a Ter- Terrence Malick film before. 
Really? Like, um, I thought when I recommended it, you were like, is it like... Well, I know... The back the brand. Yeah, I Yeah, uh. I know what people say about his mm-hmm. films. And I think once when I was like a teenager, I tried to watch A Thin Red Line. Mm-hmm. And I think I just... I didn't know what I was getting into. And yeah. I was like, this is really slow and boring. And then I <laughs> turned it off. But... Um, like I'd be definitely keen to start watching his More stuff them, now because yeah. it's pretty like bad look to not have watched his. Yeah, films. we're judging. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, any film, I'm film buff. Uh, oh, what a cool! Uh, I can't believe like <laughs> I bestowed upon you your first Terrence Malick film. Uh, so I fucking hated it. No, <laughs> <laughs> it definitely. I think his movies must have gotten a lot slower as his mm-hmm. filmography went on because mm-hmm. it, it's. A feel like it's a film that you could see playing in like a mainstream cinema. Yeah. It definitely I feel in the seventies. Like it's not super dialogue driven though. No, like it's not really conversational. It's not like a Tarantino movie. No, but it does have that pretty constant. It's got, a pace, um, yeah. it's got that constant narration from S- yeah. uh, Sissy Spacek yeah. as well. So yeah, I I definitely thought it was an interesting film. Mm-hmm. It looked beautiful. Yeah, it's so beautiful. I think. Sissy Spacek and Martin Sheen did a really good job. Mm-hmm. I think no one does that kind of dead, dead-eyed yeah. malaise better than Martin Sheen. Yeah. Um, I recently watched Apocalypse Now for the first time as well, which oh, well, is all him. you got a few gaps yeah, in your I back know, catalog for Mitzi. Um, but I was, I was quite lucky to see that, like a, a anniversary screening of mm. the new director's cut on yeah, the big wow. screen, which was definitely the have way to watch it. Have you watched the documentary yet? No, okay, I have to, you'll yeah. do that next. I watched the uh, community episode that parodied it. How much, <laughs> how much <laughs> does it show, like, our generational knowledge is like when uh, we were doing Vertigo, you were like, yeah, but I've seen The, the Simpsons. Simpsons. So. <laughs> I don't need yeah. to see Vertigo. <laughs> but it was funny because when the movie starts, the musical scores came on. I'm like... Mm-hmm. I know this musical score. Like, I've never seen this film. How could I have known the musical score? Mm-hmm. And then I realized afterwards, Hans Zimmer pretty much directly ripped the entire musical score for True Romance. And it's almost identical. There you go. So that's why I was familiar with it. And Do you feel like True Romance and this are very closely linked? Because it's about sort of like a couple running away. and Yes. They... Um... I mean, it's been a while since I've watched True Romance yeah. as well, but um, I feel there's a lot of a tonal difference between the two yeah, films. Yeah. I think True Romance is a lot more lighthearted yeah. than this film. You're so cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, I always have trouble watching films about, like, heartless mm. people with, like, no souls that I can't mm. really connect to. I, like, I, I found it interesting, but... I find I always have a bit of, like, I'm at a reserve, like, mm-hmm. a, I'm at a little bit of a distance from the film. Because you don't know who to root for and you don't know who to put yourself in the position of. Like, yeah, because yeah. I'm like, well, I hate Martin Sheen. He's just, like, mm. killing everyone. Yeah. And he's just, like, for no reason whatsoever. Yeah. Someone yeah. just, like, looks at him the wrong way and he'll just mm. kill them. At, like, and then at the same time, <laughs> Sissy Space looks kind of like, okay, you've got a yeah, cute I'm denim like, jacket. Let's go for a motorbike ride. Yeah. I'm like, why are you, mm. like, she, he just killed you dad and you're like eh yeah (laughs) so I was getting angry at the characters Mm -hmm. um, but I guess that's like kind of the point of it yes yeah and I think it it is quite an interesting film like putting into today's context where 
everybody's obsessed with true crime Mm -hmm. and the kind of film shows not only their killing spree but just how everybody's obsessing over it in the outside world and then at the end when he's caught like everybody's wanting to like get his autograph and take pictures Mm. with him and like Mm. it's and like acting like he's a celebrity when they've just caught him and they're about to send him to this electric chair yeah and i feel that's really like nowadays Mm is the same like everyone's just obsessed with serial killers well, right h- now hilariously like the link that i did was we watched 17 again yeah and i knew that zach efron was going to portray ted bundy yeah like that movie hadn't come out and that's not even the movie i recommended i picked yeah. another movie that's about <laughs> something like that yeah um and like it was the same with ted bundy like mm. like women used to show up in court because they thought he was cute and that there was no way that he could have done it. Like, and they would, like, make posters and, yeah, mm. just awful. <laughs> <laughs> when you watch this film, how? what's your opinion of the characters? Do you see an element of cool in Martin Sheen and what he's doing? Do you, Not do in you what have he's doing. Em- do you have empathy for Sissy Spacex's character? I don't know. I think it's like you said. It's like they were just both kind of, like, these bored, like, unaffected like just stupid teenagers yeah yeah well i mean she was a teenager Mm. he was 24 and Mm. she was 14 yeah but like yeah yeah she wasn't actually though was she no not when they filmed it Yeah. yeah i guess i just saw her when i was really young and it was just one of those films that I had never seen a film like that before and I didn't know that movies could be like that yeah. where like the music plays a really important part and yeah. like the visuals are so crazy. Like every still is like the movie poster. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Like I can remember I made all my uh, like MySpace photos, <laughs> like pictures from, <laughs> from Badlands. <laughs> There's cool denim jackets and yeah. stuff. Yeah. yeah um, it, Especially since this is his, like, debut film, it's very impressive. Mm. That is, that, it looks, is that right? I yeah, didn't know that. Yeah, this is his debut feature. He'd done mm. shorts. Yeah. But this, cool. Maybe yeah. you'll be able to work your way through it. In, yeah, chronological like, yeah. order. <laughs> yeah. um, Good luck. <laughs> have you heard anything about this film before, Brendan? Or? Uh, it's, uh, I've got, like, a watch list, and mm. I, saw, I know that it's on it, but I can't remember why I put it on there. So... Probably because I recommended it and I've got I really do. good taste. I, yes. Yeah. I, I do. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I watched Rosemary's Baby because you recommended it. Oh, hadn't you seen that before? No, no. There you go. It was really good. But that's not today. That was before we started doing the tenuous episodes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely glad I watched it. Mm. I don't think it's a film I'd ever, like, go back to. But, you know, I can see why it's well regarded. Mm. Is it because it's grim? Like... Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Going back to a grim film, I I don't think I. They I don't even. They do don't that. even paint it like it's grim. 
though. Yeah, that's the thing. The film is just like the film almost feels as unaffected by what's going on as the characters are. Like mm. everyone's so fucking chill in this entire <laughs> film. Yeah. Like at one point there's these this couple that rocks up. He's just murdered this guy in his house and the, then a couple rock up to the house. And they're like, oh, we've come to see our friend. And he's like, uh, you know, he can't come right now. And then they realize, like, what's happening, that he just killed him. Yeah. And then he kind of leads, he brings a gun out and points it at the couple and then leads them out into, like, a field, puts them in an underground bunker and then shoots them. But, like, the whole time- well, we said at the beginning of this morning. The movie's been out for like 40 years. So. Uh, but like the whole time the couple's like chill. They're like, they don't panic. They mm. don't look upset by it. They just get let out. They're having a conversation with the, t- the two mm. people that are about to kill them. Like nothing's happening. Sort of like this is their lot in life. Yeah. It is yeah. a strange pace. Like it's yeah. just, yeah, it's different. But it makes it compelling. I, I assume that's why you guys. And I guess seem like, to like my it. <laughs> whole, I like the reason I would have loved it as like a seventeen-year-old girl is it is this couple. It's like a Bonnie and Clyde type thing. Yeah. It's like this little team against the world, and it's quite romanticized, you know, in the denim jackets and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but it was just like cool. Like even though what they're doing is awful, obviously, it's just like. Smoking cigarettes and stubbing them out on the ground, and that, re- like- that, that reminds me, um, Christian. You know how you have your Christian Slater box? Yeah, I was telling um, <sighs> a friend of mine who listened to the podcast was telling me that he had a similar thing. He had a uh, who was it for? <laughs> he had an A3 piece of paper of Summer Hayek <laughs> that he kept under his bed, like a poster. <laughs> yeah, um, like uh, a collage of Summer Hayek. Of, oh my god, of all these sexy. <laughs> But he used it for different things. Yeah, I, know. I can imagine. <laughs> Mine was just decorative. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't a masturbation box. Don't worry. <laughs> Would I recommend this film over Seventeen again? No, probably not. No, I could watch Seventeen again every week. That's your speed. Yeah, <laughs> like I'm all for. Art house and dark films and yes, whatever. Paul, it's but like, I, just I look don't... around your house and I, I'm like, why don't you have posters of Zac Efron and SPF 18? Because that's what you truly love. You, you paint yourself as like this cinema loving dude. But really, all you want is the trashy Disney sunny side of life. <laughs> Lizzie uh, McGuire. So sue me, all right? <laughs> Whereas to me, like the idea of like Disney doing everything and you know owning everything is like a like real grim dystopian future to me. Whereas for Paul, it's like mm. really happy and yeah. amazing. <laughs> I I do have issues with the Disney takeover. <laughs> like they are doing some bad things with the Fox right now. But yeah. I, that's the first criticism I've heard. <laughs> <laughs> but you he know, covered the Mickey Mouse ears up on his jumper when he said that. Like, <laughs> don't, don't let listen. Mickey listen. Yeah, you know, they if somebody <laughs> went on a killing spree in the South Dakota Badlands and then rebooted Lizzie McGuire, I would forgive them. So you're all forgiven. <laughs> that today. is getting edited out. <laughs> the climate, Paul. You just can't do that. Finally, we have Brendan. He was given the film. <laughs> he was given the film Akira by me, 
I recommended the film in episode 26 when we reviewed Pretty Cool. The IMDb plot synopsis for the film states... What's the link again? What? How is that true? Because <laughs> the principal that wears women's underwear in Pretty Cool... Is a voice. Is a voice okay, in the original dub of Akira. I needed that clarified. That was just like <laughs> ticking over in my brain. I was like, what the actual fuck? Okay, thanks. Um, the IMDb plot synopsis for the film states, a secret military project endangers Neo-Tokyo when it turns a biker gang member into a rampaging psychic psychopath who can only... Only be stopped by two teenagers and a group of psychics. So, Brendan, I recommended this film to you because I know you love animation. I know you love sci-fi. I know you love movies that are cerebral, that are visual feasts. This is a classic (laughs) that I feel like most people should watch. Um, It's one that I'd easily recommend to most people. So... Do you think you would have watched this film if I didn't recommend it to you? I I don't know if I ever would have got around to it because mm-hmm. there's like um there's like older animes I've seen where like it feels like it's missing frames and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Um but but yeah, what you just said like ticks all those boxes. Like mm-hmm. they really went to town on making this like it's really impressive even today's standards. I find it really impressive to watch, so. Yeah. So so you you really enjoyed it? Yeah, I loved it. Uh, I loved it good. a lot. I'm so glad. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, someone likes one of my recommendations on these specials. Yeah, um, I can I keep getting given like things like Vertigo and <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and yeah lucky you. <laughs> <laughs> Um, the Powerpuff Girls movie. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah, like this reminded me of like when I was like younger. I actually was like legitimately thinking of going to Queensland to study 2D animation and stuff. Yeah. And just looking at like all the, the old school coloring because everything's cell, cell shaded. Like yeah. it's not like today where it's all digitally done and stuff. Mm-hmm. So what does and that mean? It, it was hand, hand, yeah. hand painted. Like yeah, wow. each, and every, each, mm. each frame it was hand painted. Mm. Yeah. And then when you look at how they did like lighting, like when there's an explosion over here and the lighting on the face and all mm. that sort of stuff. I have seen it a long time ago. I would need to revisit it to watch it like with those eyes. Yeah. You know, like I saw when I was 18 or something. Well, I like I was so interested after watching it. I watched like a documentary. Oh, wow. Like, of, of the process they went through and stuff. Mm-hmm. And it was like a really old one. It felt like a VHS like mm. put on YouTube kind yeah. of thing. But yeah, just the just seeing like those that old style being done again, it really like pumped me up. Like you just get these certain colors that you don't see yeah. with like digitally done stuff. Anyway, yeah, I, I'll blabber a lot. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is, it is. I feel it is one of the most beautifully made animated films of all time. Like it's I think the landmark it, one. Yeah, yeah. And I think in terms of like the fluidity of the animation and like yeah. the composition of it, like it rivals anything that's been put out by American studios. Like, well, the director talks about like trying to rival Disney like at mm-hmm. that time and mm-hmm. like using all these techniques that um, were really expensive, but they like put, they invested in this thing, they backed it. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, absolutely shows a hundred percent what, what you see on screen, you know? And, yeah. and just those, those visuals, those like, what, what is it like? Um, Cronenberg style, like mm-hmm. yeah. the flesh and the, the electronics all mixing together, like mm-hmm. all that stuff's just like super well done, like, you know, visually, but also like just so much tension in what's going on and stuff. Like mm-hmm. I loved it. It was great. Did you, feel like the story element um apart from the visuals did you feel the story held up yeah i well 
um once again like that was another thing i was trying to, i was like where does like hiroshima like the the bombing like where does that fit into like the timeline of when this was made and the relevance and stuff like that mm. i couldn't really find anyone talking about that but i was just really interested in like mm. you know this was like 1988 what was going on in 1988 that this story came out you know yeah. what i mean like um i think like hiroshima was such a huge event in japanese culture it's never it's its influence is still felt today mm. in you know in their society and especially in the pop culture they put out like it's something that will never go away and you know especially now that there's still people that remember it and in 1988, there's definitely would have been a lot, even more people that remember it happening. Yeah, yeah. there were generations that were lived you know, there. Yeah. Mm. And, you know, as bad as what, you know, America dealing with 9-11, like uh, what happened in Hiroshima affected even more people yeah. than that. Like mm. so many people died and then the effects of the radiation then Kept affected generations after. Yeah. So, you know, it's a pretty, you know, big thing in in japan so yeah and and because like there's a lot of things you could like read into correlations and whatnot yeah and so i wanted to i, I like to read other people's opinions on those mm. things because mm-hmm. it is one of those films where the ending and the story can be a bit like ambiguous mm-hmm. and that could be really frustrating if it's not done well but mm-hmm. when like you have those supernatural things done right and it's like it gives you this sense of like an ethereal, like there's something otherworldly going on. I, I can be cool with that. Like, it's like, yeah, it's beyond understanding and that's why it's enjoyable, if that makes sense. So, Did you watch the um, subtitles or the dub? I watched the dub because Paul said that it's a good dub. It's a good dub, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and did you did you think that? Did you like the voice cast? Yeah, because I, I even saw um, like bits and pieces of the original uh, dub. Yeah, and like the children aren't done so by are children. There, are there more? Yeah. There's more than one dub. Yeah, yeah. So- yeah, because I had overheard two when I used to work at the video store. I overheard two boys arguing about like which one to watch and. <laughs> Yeah, when, something about that one is in really like plain language, and then the second one is more kind of like. Well, it's it's actually like there's a lot of drastic differences, especially yeah, what you were saying. So in the original dub, because uh, there's all these um, kind of uh, mutant children, and in the original dub, they kind of put adult voices on the yeah, children right. and like one of them sounds like Marlon Brando and then <laughs> and in, like, like in Brando. The Godfather yeah. or <laughs> yeah so in, in the come to me no. yeah <laughs> exactly <laughs> exactly that and then in the new is it is it the one in the little suit yeah yeah <laughs> that's so on the nose <laughs> <laughs> so then in the new one they actually got children to voice the children yeah. and it really does make a difference. It was so much better that way. Yeah. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so there are a lot of like really janky anime dubs out there. Yeah. So you kind of have to know which ones to watch and which ones are not to. Yeah. Yeah. I usually, I try to, to because uh, I usually enjoy it more when it's subtitled. Like yep. you gain those original emotions they're intending from the director and all mm-hmm. that. But, you know, I, was, I, I find it not easy to get a, a subtitled. Yeah. Like, it was just easier to find the dub, so. Yeah. I think there's definitely exceptions. Like, uh, like the Studio Ghibli movies, they mm. oversee the dubs themselves. Mm. So, and they've always got, like, gigantic voice casts with mm. huge American actors in them. So, and, like, Hayao Miyazaki himself is, like, 
well, you're watching it dubbed either way. The animation's <laughs> not talking themselves. So. That's true, yeah. isn't yeah. it? <laughs> um, oh, a funny thing, I, I watching the doco, um, mm-hmm. one of the things I found really funny was, um, so the the guy who created the the manga and you know adapted it for the the film mm-hmm. um one of the things they were interviewing him about is he got a lot of criticism for how he drew his female characters mm-hmm. and cuz they were saying they weren't attractive enough yeah. and he's like oh well you yeah, maybe I'll in the future but uh, they look interesting they're interesting people like yeah <laughs> it was just funny that that was like their biggest criticism of his work it's like got to draw some hot chicks. chicks yeah, yeah right all right <laughs> Did you enjoy? <laughs> I did like you- this better than pretty cool. <laughs> what a dick! What universe can that even be a question? Would you, Paul? What, what would you? What would you find a more satisfying yes, Paul, answer? Tell us. Would Paul. you be more satisfied if I said pretty cool? Would you rather I spit in the face of Akira? Fucking hell. Um, you know what? Akira is. Oh my Akira god! Is Akira is like a celebrated film. So many people have watched Akira. If your recommendation of Pretty Cool over Akira gets more eyes on that film, then I would take that Okay, hit. thank God. <laughs> but uh, Akira is amazing. Like, you can't compare the two films. But, yeah. Oh, and uh, I'll, I'll keep going, so I'll stop. But yeah. I was going to say, the soundtrack as well. Like, oh, yeah. mad soundtrack. Love those mechanical, like... <laughs> like sounds mixed in with like old school like japanese instruments and stuff that was really cool yeah it's it's iconic and probably to this day like wholly original distinct yeah you've never you know like i watch any other film and hear anything like that so what other things have like those people like the people involved with that what else have they produced um was it lightning in a bottle like i just that's what i'm yeah that's my question yeah. yeah um there was a film in the early 2000s called Steam Boy. I don't know if you've ever seen that one. I saw Steam Boy. Yeah. Um, no uh, good? Oh, just not as good. It's not yeah, Akira. like the an- on an animation level, <laughs> oh, yeah, it's totally. phenomenal. But, yeah, um, this cool steampunk thing, yeah. writing a little like, um, jet thing. I don't know if that's cool. <laughs> and uh, another film that I've recommended. <laughs> um, another film that I recommended on the show before, Rujin Z. Um, which is about like an old man oh, is uh, that, that in, them too? in a that hospital. That makes sense, actually, yeah. yeah. His, his hospital bed <laughs> becomes sentient. Oh, I remember yeah. you telling yeah. us about that, yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, well, the big thing with Akira, they've been trying to remake it as a live-action American film like for years and it keeps getting cancelled. It's currently cancelled. The last iteration was Taika Waititi making it. Oh, that um, got cancelled as well? Yeah, that got cancelled. Do you think that but, should stay that way? Do you think uh, it should, think doesn't so. need to be? Yeah. But um, the director of this film has announced that he's uh, currently in production of a sequel and also a TV series rese- retelling of this story in animation, but like uh, because this was added, adapted from a manga. Mm. Um, so he wants to adapt the entire manga like from beginning to end. Into a series. Into a TV series. Do you series. reckon they would do the animation in the same way or it would be like modern uh, age? Um, I think it would probably be 2D animation. I don't think it would be like cell painted. Yeah. It would probably still be made on a computer, but like, in the same style. Like, yeah, like the amount of like pain that it would take to do that. Mm-hmm. Like, because you're you're having to like shade, uh, have like a reference for it. I 
just watching this documentary. Thing of like, you know, the way it used to be the norm. Like, it's just crazy that. It's like that films used to get made like that and mm. it's just sort of like it's too hard now. Yeah. It, Thanks, yeah. Pixar. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Pixar like, really warmed our hearts, but yeah. yeah. All right. I don't know. I just saw the Downton Abbey movie and their hot water boiler breaks down and they have to go back to like using jugs of hot water to have um, baths. Yeah. And I was like, oh, we did it this way for 300 years. It's the same thing. Yeah. It's like we just get lazy. Yeah. <laughs> Love Downton. So Pixar is the hot water heater of the cinema exactly. industry. <laughs> okay, so that was a pretty like uneventful. <laughs> can't watch them all. We all like liked our movies. So I think we need well, to did, do better did next Lucy, time. I don't think Lucy. I didn't hate it. Much. It confused yeah. me. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm sorry. It's all sorry right. Made you it's all right. So we had two likes and a confused. Okay, so that means Paul's gonna really spin some shit now. Yeah, we we gotta like just let's just give each other shit like absolute <laughs> trash next next uh, cut. Okay. Mine's not trash, <laughs> but mine's funny. Just right. it's gonna be funny. Okay, so Lucy, um, you're recommending, recommending for to Brendan. Brendan. Yep. So you're gonna stumble to the bed and you stumble to the kitchen. You're gonna watch. <laughs> Nine to, five Nine to five with Dolly Parton. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah uh, okay. I'm I'm actually interested to see what. And it's like just funny thing. that it like maybe you're not the kind of person that would like seek out a Dolly Parton, Lily Tomlin. Uh, I would not. Yeah, yeah. But, but that song mm, sounds fun. Yeah, <laughs> I think it won an Academy Award. Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm very open to it. So yeah, yeah. We'll see if how it goes. Yeah, can't wait. <laughs> Brendan, what are you recommending to me? Well, I have a music type thing for you as well. Oh. It's called an album. What? You're recommending me an album? Yeah. Uh, that's okay. not what you're allowed to do this, I didn't think. Well, because I, I... No, I, you can. Yeah. Oh, my God. If anyone makes me do an album, I'll fucking kill them. <laughs> <laughs> that's a whole album. <laughs> Well, it's shorter than a movie. That's so yeah. true. I don't know why I said that. <laughs> but you, you can't. You can't. You can't. Uh, well, you can do other things, I guess. But yeah. Can I listen? Am I allowed to listen to I it while I rules, drive? I think you have ru- to take notes. So if you have a pen and paper while I you're driving, rules, that's fine. The rules are you have to sit in the lounge room and See, listen to the See, that terrifies me. Do <laughs> I have to have like a printout of the lyrics while I'm like listening to the songs? I won't push it that far. Okay. All right. <laughs> I think you should have to sit in it. And, and it's just because it he's in. gonna hate it. I yeah. know it. Yeah, because it's a Scar album. Oh no! <laughs> Is it really? Uh, it's called You by Me. You recommended a Scar album. Yeah. Yuck. <laughs> <laughs> Some mighty mighty boss turns coming your way. <laughs> well, you said to make it controversial. Uh, <laughs> I'm looking forward to hearing your opinions. <laughs> okay. So, who's it by? Uh, Tokay. Okay. Tokay and You, you Buy Me. me. Volume okay. 1. Did you bring the CD for him to <laughs> chuck on the is CD it, Is player? it on Google I, Play? I it on Apple Music. Yeah, sure. Okay, cool. All right, I will listen to it. <laughs> my turn, my turn. Do me now. Okay. Oh, God. <laughs> so, for Lucy, I have chosen the Disney Channel original yep. movie, Zombies. <laughs> <laughs> cool. <laughs> About a world where zombies have taken over but then they've found like uh 
things to put around their necks that placate them and then yeah. a, a non-zombie and a zombie fall in love. Of course And there's do. lots of singing and dancing and cheerleading. Great. Does anyone get killed? I truly know. <laughs> I truly know why this podcast exists now. I, I truly know. No, and it's not what you think, Paul. I'm not going to say what you think. Okay. It is that Paul has swapped bodies <laughs> with a nine-year-old girl. <laughs> and that's why he's like, it's me and my team. And like, I have to watch zombies. Like, this is what it is. And he's like, that was boring. <laughs> okay. Um, I've solved the riddle. <laughs> Are you excited? Yes. <laughs> Is it less controversial than bodied? Um, no. <laughs> <sighs> uh, all right. So that's it for another Can't Watch Them All. Thanks for listening, guys. <laughs> Don't forget to rate and review us on iTunes. Next episode, we promise we'll, like, there'll be screaming matches. We'll yep. be clawing at each other. Um, so, yeah, we'll see you next time. Until then, I was Paul Mitzi. I was Lucy Thomas. And I was B Money Levi. <laughs> what the fuck's that? <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> All right, bye. Bye. <laughs>